Hi everyone, my name is Ryan Alexander and I serve as the lead pastor at Hosanna. As we've been saying for years, we believe the Lord led you here. And we hope that what you hear today will encourage you to take a step forward in your faith journey and help you look more like Jesus. After today's message, I encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. Well, hello, church. What a joy to be together once again. We are pastors Ryan and Jen Alexander, and we are just delighted that we get to spend this time together. A very quick word of the, about that video that we just saw, Tracy reminding us that community groups living up in and out with other people is really how we believe that we experience exponential growth in our faith here at Hosanna. And so if you're not part of a community group yet, we can't encourage you enough to get on board, to get into one. And if you can't find one, to decide to lead one. It really doesn't need to be intimidating to do so. We equip you with everything that you need. So I think you'll wanna have a community group ready for this fall. So we'd really encourage you to get on board with that. And then a quick reminder um, to give of your, of your tithes and offerings. Giving is an act of worship. It is an act of obedience. It is always an act of faith that we find. Um, and so if you consider Hosanna your church home, we just really encourage you to begin giving. You can do so on our webpage or through our app, or if you want to receive a form to be able to fill out and give one time or to set up recurring giving, which is really best for you and best for the church, uh, you can send a text message to the number 94000 with the word Hosanna give, hit send, and that form will come back to you. Well, we are really, really excited and honored that we get to together kick off the sermon series that is going to take us all the way through the rest of the summer. Yeah. School will be starting when we finish this series on Labor Day weekend. And we are going to be spending six weeks in six chapters of the book of Ephesians. Um, <clears throat> as a preaching team, you know, we serve on that with a, with a group of other just really wonderful people. And, and we want you to know we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what we cover on the weekends. And one of the things that we try to be intentional about is sometimes a series is focused on a topic. You know, like we just did a series on freedom. That was really a fun series. Yeah, it's been really it neat was. to hear from people about um, how God moved in your lives in that series. But that was a topic where we then ask, you know, what does scripture say about that topic? But then at other times, we try to just live into a passage of scripture and let it say what it says. And it's really fun when we get to spend time in a whole book of the Bible. And really this time of year is when kind of in our church rhythm, we do that. Some of you may have been with us last year when we went through the book of James together at this same time. And so this year it's Ephesians. And we have a different speaker for each chapter, including Dr. Gometchus Buba is coming back to be with us in a few weeks, which we always enjoy. That's always a faith infusion for our church community. Um, and we also want you to know that the morning devotions that we do every day, Monday through Saturday, on our Facebook campus pages is gonna be tracking all the way through. So whatever the chapter that we start on the weekend, then for the rest of the week, you can deep dive into that chapter. And we'd love to have you. If you've never been, hop on board, 7 a.m., usually about 15 minutes. Um, and if, Or maybe if you haven't done it in a while, we'd just love to have you back for those morning devos. You can also watch them on our webpage, we should um, clarify. But in terms of approach, what we decided to do with this series is to say to each of the pastors, the preachers in this series, speak from your heart. Like soak in the, the passage, soak in the chapter, read it, listen to it. You know, we, we both did that this week and then see what emerges, what rises to the top that seems to be really God's heart for, for our church at this time. And so we're looking forward to getting to do that with you all this morning with Ephesians 1. That's good. Yeah, and Ephesians was originally a letter written to 
the people of Ephesus or the churches in and around Ephesus by the Apostle Paul, which I think is, is good to um, know and remember that a lot of what we read in the New Testament was correspondence between church leaders and right. churches, kind of communicating with them about right. what was really important. Mm-hmm. And Ephesians was a letter written, again, by the Apostle Paul to the church and the region of Ephesus. Uh, the churches in the region of Ephesus. And Paul, if you don't know his story, he's got a great story. He, at one point in his life, was on the forefront of persecuting and killing Christians, trying to suppress this mm-hmm. early Christian movement. Then he has this unexpected encounter with yeah. Jesus, and it changes everything. He goes from being a persecutor of Christians to a promoter of Christianity. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the most significant influential promoters of Christianity. He becomes the tip of the spear that takes the gospel into the Roman world, including the city of Ephesus. Ephesus was the most influential city in Asia Minor at the time, or modern-day Turkey. It was also one of the most influential cities in the entire Roman Empire. So it was up there with Rome and Antioch and Alexandria, and so it was a very influential city. But it was also a city that was highly influenced Mm. by all kinds of of influences from all over the world because it was a port city. Mm-hmm. People were coming in and out of Ephesus all the time, bringing different perspectives, philosophies, ideologies, religious perspectives. So there were all these competing perspectives and ideologies and worldviews mm-hmm. that were um, affecting and influencing and shaping the Christians who were living in Ephesus and the surrounding area. And Paul's concern as he writes this letter is that people are being too influenced by some of those other perspectives and worldviews. Hmm. Being, uh, that, that their Christian worldview was being distorted by all these influences that were competing for their attention and their allegiance. Hmm. And Paul didn't want them to get drawn into these other perspectives and ideologies. He wanted them to have the higher view, the big picture, the Christian worldview. And so he's trying to take them higher and show them what the Christian, how we should, how Christians at that time and, and how we should now see the world as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, we recently took a trip up to Duluth. The first couple of nights were without kids, which mm-hmm. we always like that. So fun. So fun. So quiet. So quiet. <laughs> we try to, we try to yeah. do this in our marriage a couple times a year mm-hmm. at least. Just get away and invest in our marriage. It's a really important time. Yeah. We, we've done that all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't recommend that highly enough. Uh, but one of the things we did when we were in Duluth is, is we went up to the state parks. And, and one of the state parks we visited was, was Split Rock State Park. And we took this long hike, mm-hmm. and then we took a wrong turn, thanks mm-hmm. to Jen. No, it was actually my fault. <laughs> but it ended fault. up being a good wrong turn, like it a happy was. accident, a because happy we accident. ended up yeah. getting up on this, this boulder where we could mm-hmm. look out and see mm-hmm. Lake Superior and the coastline and the shoreline for miles mm-hmm. and miles and miles. Yeah. It was the big picture perspective, the higher view mm-hmm. of the area that we we're in. Well, Ephesians is Paul's way of giving the Ephesians then, and us now, the higher view. Mm-hmm. How we as, as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, are to see the world, the Christian mm-hmm. worldview, to get up above all those other influences and competing ideologies that are playing out all around us mm-hmm. and see the higher view. That's Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a rich book. 
um, I've been so grateful for the opportunity to, to return to it. You know, sometimes books of the Bible, if we've been journeying with the Lord for any amount of time, um, are kind of like an old song that, that just journeys with you through the seasons of life. And Ephesians has been that, I think, for, for yeah. many of us. Um, I actually got out my, my old Bible. I found it on the shelf, my NIV study Bible that I used in college, right, about when we met. So there's some sweet love letters in there mm. from the beginning of our relationship. <laughs> um, but the book of Ephesians, I noticed, was really well used. I mean, Lots of highlights, lots of notes in the margins. Um, so this has been a meaningful book for me through the years. It's a really um, packed book. Paul has a lot to say. There's a lot of one-liners, like a lot of really wonderful scripture verses that come out of this book. And even as we spent time with Ephesians 1, there's so much in here. We can't possibly cover all of it today. Um, but just a couple things before we lean into the section that, that became the part that was on our heart. Just a couple things to notice about Ephesians 1. First of all, um, I learned this week that verses 3 to 14 are um, one long sentence in the Greek. And it's what's known as a doxology or a, a liturgical prayer, maybe even a hymn that would have been repeated that, that Paul wrote to, to be a prayer of praise, a doxology of praise. And what's neat about this doxology is that it's Trinitarian. Uh, he starts with praising the Father for all that he's done, and then he praises the Son for all that he's done, and then he praises the Holy Spirit for all he's done. And so this week, we might recommend to you that you use it as a doxology, use it as a prayer of praise. Um, but then specifically in verse 3, we see um, a, a phrase that Paul uses five different times in the book of Ephesians. And it's the phrase, the heavenly realms, the heavenly realms. So I'm going to read it in context. It says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the beginning of that doxology. So all praise to the father who has blessed us with every spiritual bless blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And this phrase, the heavenly realms, Paul uses it because he really, he believes, he believes, and he wants to remind the Christians to believe and to remember that we do not just live um, our lives on an earthly plane, you know, on the plane of like dirt and gravel and gravity and, and touch and, and taste and conflict and relationships, you know, that's one plane. But there's a whole nother plane of existence that's happening simultaneously, running parallel. And that is the heavenly realm or the spiritual realm. And there is much that we could talk about with this. But if you know the book of Ephesians, you know that it culminates in Ephesians chapter six with that whole conversation about the armor of God, putting on the armor of God, because it assumes we are living inside of a realm, in, even inside of a battle that is not fought with the same weapons as we fight in the earthly realm, you know, with words and or guns or swords or policies or all the things that we use to fight, fight it out down here. There's a different kind of battle that's good. and we need to wear the armor of God for it. And so that's what we'll get to talk about on, on Labor Day weekend. So those are a couple just neat themes that are in Ephesians chapter one. But what we got to do was just um, how we started the process is we both just read it several times separately. I put it in my, in my AirPods. I used my, my uh, Bible app and I listened to it in several different versions and just like, Lord, what are you bringing up? What, are you, what is bubbling to the surface? And it was sweet that the same concept, this, even, even the same verses bubbled to the top for both of us. Yeah. And I think it's because um, it feels like the timely word for now. <laughs> you know, um, Paul was a pastor and we are pastors. And when, when I read the verses that we're gonna lean into today, what my sense is, is like that Paul is reaching out to the believers and he is lifting their heads 
You know, it's that, it's that view that you just showed, you know, of, of seeing a much larger picture. But Paul is lifting their heads because all of us, we, we can get caught with our heads down. We can just get caught with our heads down and get so caught up in the small. Um, I think about our little boy, Zachary. We have three boys, if you don't know this about us, and our youngest is seven. And he's always been obsessed with the miniature. Like he's just, all, his eyes are drawn to the small. And so when we would go on, on walks with him or hikes with him, or even when he's riding his bike, <laughs> his head is always down because he's looking for treasures. He's looking for things. And often the treasures are garbage. So how much <laughs> just garbage we have collected through the years. His room has a whole treasures lot of- Treasures to him. Yes, yeah. treasures of garbage. And, and this is so endearing. It's a wonderful thing about Zach, but it's also- dangerous. <laughs> it has been straight up dangerous through the years with him because he's always got his head down. So when he's riding his bike, I mean, there are times where we have to be like, Zachary, Zachary, lift your head, lift your head up and, you know, and see the larger picture. So you don't go off the, off the path. And that is, is, is a pastoral heart that I think that Paul is bringing even to the Christians here with these verses, lift your head. There is a bigger story. There is a bigger plan that your life and your moment in time comes inside of. And when we have our heads down and we forget the bigger story, it can get dangerous. We yeah. really can go off the path. And so with that context, I wanna read um, our verses that we're gonna lean into for the rest of our time together today. Verses nine through 11. Paul says to them, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and everything on earth. So he begins by saying, God's got a plan. God has a plan and it is good. I'm grateful that there's the word mystery in there. You know, I love the word mystery. Yeah. That's a word that I love because I think that as people of faith, we need to be sure of what we hope for and what we believe, but we also have to stay reverent to the mystery. And so I'm grateful that Paul uses the word mystery, but I'm also grateful that he declares and reminds the people of God, he has a plan, it's in motion, and the plan is good. The plan is good. And then he says, and this is the plan. At the right time, and that, that the verbiage there at the right time is really more better translated like at the culmination of time at where this is all going right at the culmination of time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ everything in heaven and on earth and as I studied that it's more of a what happens at the end of time is that that Christ brings all things back together it's a yeah. gathering back together under yeah. him and this is the Christian worldview this is the Christian worldview, that in the beginning, God created it all good, perfect relationship with him, perfect relationship with one another, that the biblical word for that concept is shalom. It was, it was, we were made for shalom. But we all know that sin, you know, entered the world, entered the system and has caused just disunity and dismemberment and things are not as they should be. But Paul is reminding the Christians, lift your heads and remember that because of what Jesus did, dying on the cross for our sins, the master plan that is now in motion is that it's all coming back together. It's all um, being reunited and coming once again under the authority of Christ. And this is such an optimistic view. 
this is such a beautiful worldview. And it causes me to think that Christians really are the ones who should be the most optimistic people in the world. I mean, that's yeah. who we should be. Yeah. Yeah. And you're starting to get a sense for that, that higher view, that, mm-hmm. that bigger picture view, mm-hmm. the Christian worldview. Yeah. What is God doing? Well, he's bringing all things under the authority of Christ. Mm-hmm. What, if, what if we actually lived like that? You know, right. that, that's the question that's been going through my head and mm-hmm. heart, both for my own life, our lives, but, but for you, mm-hmm. our flock, mm-hmm. people who are listening. Right? Like, what if we actually lived like that? What would our lives look like if we lived from that perspective with our heads up, mm-hmm. the higher view, the Christian worldview? Because as Christians, this is our view of the world, that everything is coming together under the authority of Christ, his truth, his goodness, his peace, his plan. And it is a good plan Mm -hmm. because Jesus is good. God is good. And as pastors, this is something that we talk about, what's on your heart? Mm -hmm. And what do we think about? And and what are we concerned about? In the most loving way possible, it's this, Mm -hmm. that some Christians, in fact, all of us at times, but some Christians are are not living from this worldview, this higher perspective. Instead, they're trying to bring things under their authority at times. I got to control this or fight for our rights or bring things under my mm-hmm. control, my authority. Some are constantly, constantly thinking about, preoccupied with, obsessed with other authorities, political and cultural authorities and what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and how their actions and words are affecting what's going on in the world. Just, just so concerned about other authorities. And then there are some, and we all find ourselves here at times, that are being brought under these other authorities, these other ideologies, these other perspectives, Mm -hmm. worldviews. But what if we actually lived Mm -hmm. like all things, all things are being brought under the authority of Christ? What would our lives look like? I I mean, we'd be less anxious, we'd be less judgmental, we'd be less discouraged. Mm Mm-hmm. And we would be more peaceful, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. More loving, mm-hmm. more joyful. Mm-hmm. If we lived like all things were being brought under the authority of Christ. It gets even better here. In verse, verse 11, Paul says, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Mm-hmm. He makes everything work out. Would you say that with me? He makes everything, everything work, work out. out. Everything, like that situation at work, ah, is that all going to work out? He makes everything work out. Or, or this one, a lot of us are feeling this in Minnesota. Are the twins ever going to win again? <laughs> he makes everything work out. Yeah. Okay, or, or facing the fall, right? The question of, are kids going to be wearing masks again? And there's a lot of fear on both sides of that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are they or will they? Right. Do we have to? Mm-hmm. He makes everything mm-hmm. work out. Or, or this one, what, what are they going to be teaching in our schools? Mm-hmm. Or, or what are they not going to be teaching in, in the schools? Mm-hmm. He makes everything work out. Yeah. The economy, is the bubble, bubble going to burst? When, when is it going to burst? He makes everything work out. Or maybe you're in this situation where your kid's leaving for college and, and you're wondering, is he or she going to be okay? Can I really let them go out into the world on their own? He makes everything work out. That's the mm-hmm. Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. For us personally, as parents, mm-hmm. we, we, we wrestle with this. Yeah. Or will our kids ever eat vegetables, right? <laughs> like ever, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
will they ever develop that passion and figure out their purpose in life? Of course they will, but we wrestle with and, and we have to trust that he makes everything work mm-hmm. out. Did we say the right thing as parents? Did we do the right thing in this? Right. He makes everything work out. Mm-hmm. Or as church leaders, mm-hmm. are people going to come back after COVID is finally over? Mm-hmm. Or will COVID ever finally be over? Right. <laughs> he makes yeah. everything work out. Yeah. And what we're talking about today, this is a big one for us. Will Christians ever stop getting sucked into all the extreme political, cultural, divisive narratives on both sides of the the spectrum there? We have to really come to that place and that perspective that lift our heads up. He makes everything work out. I, I personally have wrestled with this in a variety of ways throughout my life. Earlier this month, uh, I took a personal retreat a couple of nights and mm-hmm. again it was very quiet mm. <laughs> and it was it was good but one of the things I've come to believe is that everyone should spend some time alone because what comes mm-hmm. to, to the surface when you spend time alone are those things that we usually don't get to because of all the noise and the distraction the busyness what comes to the surface those those fears or desires that that we just don't have time to really hear or or feel or spend time with and there were a number of them that came for me during that time, as you know, as I've shared. And out of those, I'm developing some affirmations, some truths that speak to those fears or those concerns that come up in me. At times when I don't even know it, like subconsciously they're happening, but I need to speak truth on a daily basis. And here's one related to what we're talking about today, this affirmation. Everything is going to be okay. All of it. Hmm. That's the Christian worldview. That's the higher perspective That's lifting our heads. Everything is going to be okay. All of it. Even in death. Even in death. I did a funeral, as I shared last Mm. week, uh, for a dear woman, a dear friend, member of this congregation. And of course, there was heartbreak and grief for all who loved her, including me. And I got to preach the hope of the gospel Mm. that death isn't the end. In fact, For us, in Jesus Christ, it is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Everything is going to be okay. All of it, even the end of time. You talked about this. Mm -hmm. The book of Revelation, which gives us this vision, this apocalyptic vision for what the end times will look like. And there's a lot of symbolism there, but this is true. In Revelation 21, that one day there will be no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more hurt. There, There will come a time everything is going to be okay, all of it. I love that line from the Lord of the Rings. Everything unsad is going to come untrue. That's our Christian worldview. Everything's going to be okay, all of it. And what would our lives look like if we increasingly lived from that perspective, from that worldview? Maybe we're not there yet, but just think about where our lives could be in the future down the road if we lived from that perspective. Mm -hmm. This is mysterious stuff to talk about. You know, I mean, sometimes when we're talking about a topic, it feels real earthy and tangible. And this doesn't feel earthy and tangible, but it feels like the highest truth that we need to come under. You know, Um, I would guess that if I'm listening, I might have a question kind of rising up in me. Like, so are you saying that because I'm a Christian and because I think that everything's going to work out, that I just don't, I don't need to think about it. I don't need to care. 
you know, I can kind of just disengage, right? Like if, well, all right, if everything's going to work out, then I don't really need to worry about it, be it masks or, uh, you know, the pandemic or the economy or parenting or politics or, you know, the conversations that are going around about race in our society right now. Like all of that is it just like, all right, you know, I don't need to think about it. I don't need to engage it. And that is absolutely not what Paul is saying. It's absolutely not what he's saying. In fact, as we travel through the book of Ephesians, we're going to see that it's an intensely practical book. You know, it applies to this plane. It's not just calling you to live in this plane and not care about this plane. Um, but it is, it is calling us to live this plane out of the truth of this plane, right? And I think as pastors, you know, um, we were supposed to speak about what's on our heart. And for, for us, and for honestly, most pastors that I know, most pastors that we know, we were in a, in a conversation just this last week, a gathering of pastors in the Twin Cities who were just talking about this very thing. Um, it's a really challenging time because as pastors, our deepest desire, I mean, why we went into ministry, why we show up for this is to disciple people toward Jesus. We're a church that wants to look more like Jesus. That's literally what we are giving our lives to do. But in the season we are in, it is so challenging. This is what every pastor is feeling because we get you for an hour. If we're lucky, we get you for an hour. You know, you come and, and you worship and worship does this. Worship lifts our heads. Worship reminds us of the worldview that we live inside of. You know, Christ is on the throne. I don't need to worry. All things are coming under him. Everything's gonna be okay. I get that sense as I worship. I get that sense as I spend time in the word. And you're being discipled in Jesus, maybe for one hour a week, but here's the challenge. You then leave, me too. You know, we're not, we're not um, outside, immune to this. Yeah, we go back out into the world and here come the ideologies. Here come the worldviews that literally exist to convince us that everything will not be okay. This is, what, this is what every news program, everything that we're listening to in our ears, everything that is on my phone is trying to bring me into this ideology, into this worldview by making me panic and believe everything is not okay. It is most definitely not okay. The sky is falling and there are people to blame and you need to divide for them and you need to get upset about it and you need to feel hopeless about it because the more that I can make you afraid and the more I can make you feel hopeless, the more I can draw you to this worldview. But people of God, that is not our worldview. That is not our worldview. Our worldview is right here. Yeah. This is the story that we live inside of. We don't live inside of, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say it straight. We don't live inside the worldview of Fox News. That is not our story. That is not our worldview. And you know what else is not our story and know what else is not our worldview? CNN. <laughs> And everything that that represents. I'm not, we're not picking on one side or the other. And those, I mean, those two like are benign as far as how, this, how far this can go. And as pastors, our hearts are breaking about it. And we want to be candid about it. Our hearts are breaking about it. When we have conversations over and over again with people who are not parroting Jesus, not parroting Jesus, not parroting this story, but are parroting the talking points of the people that you're listening to all week long and we're just gonna call it what it is, that's where you're being discipled. That's who's discipling you and discipling us too if we're not careful. And so Paul is, is saying in a, in a city, like you talked about at the beginning, Ryan, the city of Ephesus, all these worldviews, all these competing, Paul's reaching out, he's lifting, his, lifting their heads, 
This is the story that you live inside of. This is the plan that we believe we are all living inside of, and it is good. If you are panicked about it, if you are upset about it, it means you need to lift your head because we live inside of a story that says it is all coming under the authority of Christ. He is bringing all things, all things, and we get to be part of that story. And it's a hopeful and beautiful and optimistic story. Amen. Okay. <laughs> Preach it, sister. Wait, you're not my sister. I'm not you're your sister. <laughs> okay. We, we want to end on a pastoral note because Paul, like Paul, who's a pastor, our concern is for our flock, mm-hmm. that our, our flock would receive the provision and the sustenance mm-hmm. that, that you need, but also to protect our flock from some of the, the stuff that we've been talking about today and, and to lift your heads and to get you up to that higher view. And that's what this journey through Ephesians is going to be. It's going to be that view from the rock, mm. seeing the bigger picture, the higher view, the Christian worldview. And so what we want to do is end by reading a prayer over you. We're going to read this together, uh, one time together, and, uh, and we're going to pray it over you. But before we do that, it's Paul's prayer, and, and we want to uh, pray that over you as well. Before we do that, I want to challenge you this month. Uh, Jen was getting to this, uh, but, but to turn down some of the lesser worldview voices and influences that are shaping our view and our perspectives. Turn them down, news, social media, whatever it is, those those echo chambers that we're in, we're talking to the same people who are just saying the same things that we already believe, like turn all that stuff down and turn up mm-hmm. the Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. So as we close today, uh, we're gonna challenge you, lovingly challenge you to do that throughout this month and then close with this prayer uh, that Paul prayed for the Ephesians and that it's on our heart to pray over you right now. Starting at verse 18. I pray, I pray that your hearts, hearts would be, be flooded, flooded with light, light. So that that you can can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Amen. Amen. Well, church, wherever you chose to worship with us this weekend, we're just really glad that you were here to be part of what God is doing in our journey through the book of Ephesians. So we really encourage you, as always, to um, have a conversation about what we talked about today. In just a moment, there will be questions that go up on the screen. You can use them to have a conversation as a family or as a community group or a group of friends, whoever you're with, talk about it because we all grow more when we wrestle with it. But now we want to bless you. So would you receive this blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week.